0: Sports fans, you are listening to Philly vs. the World, a sports podcast through WHIP with three guys in three different sports cities debating sports topics. Now your hosts, Chris Kofsky, John Iliano, and Drew Bishop. Welcome back to another week of Philly vs. the World. A sports podcast where we're just talking, debating, having fun with sports, making jokes about John and his dating life, Drew and the Cowboys, me and my pink phone that I have. So a lot of great debates to talk about this week. Let's start with one that I know is a really a tough source subject to you, John. I'm very sorry. I know Drew's over there smiling, having a great time. The Cowboys beat the Eagles in an overtime thriller. Guys, what are your thoughts about this game? John, we'll start with you.
1: My thoughts are that uh – The Cowboys are who we thought they were, all right? I'm going to steal Dennis Green's line. The Cowboys are who we thought they were. And they were a good team. And they proved it uh, last night or yesterday, whatever you want to call it. But I will tell you this. Anybody who tries to tell me that the Cowboys won this game on their own is high. On heroin, weed, I don't care what it is. There's just no way... The Cowboys outplayed the Philadelphia Eagles on their own. They got helped by Jerry Jones' pockets big time. And those blind zebras, or they're just dumb, like lack knowledge, or just lack eyesight, whatever. Those officials cost the Eagles the game, and I don't care what anybody says. And right now, I am convinced that that entire game was just rigged from the beginning.
2: Man, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's going to be really tough for me to go through this argument without addressing the referee thing because there were bad calls on both sides. But but my main takeaway from this game, Chris, was that I'm starting to lose the ability to defend Dak Prescott now. In Dak Prescott's highest throwing game by a long shot this season, I thought that Carson Wentz completely outplayed him. And the reason I don't think that the referees are to blame for this Eagles loss is because the Eagles were not given not only given two interceptions but also a recovered fumble for an offense that was completely stagnant. Who I'm pretty sure couldn't come from its side of the field to Dallas's side and maintain a solid drive for nearly the entire game until late in the fourth. It was it was pathetic to see how much Dak Prescott kept this Eagles team in the ball game. It was ridiculous. I just I thought we should have blown them out by a mile. It should have been an easy win and. Honestly, as far as the referees costing the Eagles anything, I wouldn't say much. The opening fumble is a big topic of discussion, but there is no conclusive evidence to overturn it. And even if you overturn it, with the way the Eagles moved the ball on Sunday, I couldn't see them scoring a touchdown, maybe missing a field goal with Jake Elliott's inconsistencies. So frankly, I mean, it was a decent Cowboys win, but Dak Prescott's performance is starting to worry me more and more about him as a solid starting quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, you guys both make great points because I think the referees 100% blew this game. And, and I agree with John. Not, not that I think that this game was you know, rigged from the beginning, but it makes me wonder, you know, with such bad calls, do, do other games possibly get rigged? And, and that kind of, as a fan, it really just, like, worries me. and just makes me upset about the integrity of the game. What, what's going to happen? Because there were some bad, bad calls there. I mean, that, that fumble, you, I get it. You rule it not a fumble on the field. It has to be clear you know, cut evidence that he recovered the fumble. He clearly co- recovered that fumble. It doesn't get much more clearer than that. Um, the offensive pass interference call with Dallas uh, Goddard was terrible. I mean, he barely made contact to him. He was running a route. He is entitled to run his route. And he basically, you know, not even, he didn't even bump him. It wasn't even a bump. It was more of a, you know, a slap and tickle, and he got called for an offensive pass interference call on that. So I, I, I really think that was a bad part of the game. But then, Drew, you make a great point. You know, Dak Prescott had three turnovers, and the Eagles, you know, they they kept, they were clong, they were in this game, they were fighting, but they weren't able to take advantage of those turnovers by Dak Prescott, which really, in the end, cost them the game. And I mean, I know the deciding factor was Rasul Douglas, you know. Yeah, that's just a bad break when you tip a ball like that, and then the receiver ends up with the ball. But I think it's a little bit of both, bad officiating and, uh, you know, a bad way to finish and close a game by the Eagles. I mean, can
2: we talk about the coaching off the bat? Y- y- I heard uh, reports from Sal Palantonio that the Eagles were talking about doubling Cooper this week. Terrible mistake to not do it with a shifty kind of secondary. Your strength, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, I feel like is condensing. So rather than, you know, manning up on the outside, I'd really, you know, put that zone out there and then have your front seven condensed to try to cover those those slot receivers that aren't as threatening as Cooper. I mean, he went off, and I don't know if anyone expected a game like this, but With a secondary that's so poor, I felt like Peterson's calls were were very suspect. Not going for two in in that fourth quarter situation. I think almost everyone kind of expected them. Even Aikman, I think, live said, uh, I would almost guarantee that he does it. I I would say that, you know, I would put my hopes that that Peterson would, you know, go for it because the chances, the the analytics supported that, and it's his style of coaching. Uh, I felt like overall the Eagles were very disjointed for a game that, if they had seized opportunities on turnovers, could have, probably pulled away with pretty easily drew let me ask you this
1: how do you see the cowboys going forward did obviously you brought up the point of dak prescott's performance raised some red flags but as a team if i was a cowboys fan i would be very concerned that they did not blow out the philadelphia eagles because it seemed like after the first half you guys should have been up by at least 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, it was only, what, like 3 nothing in the middle of the second quarter?
2: Yeah, it was 6 nothing. I think, going six into nothing. half or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so my concern is not with the Cowboys, because this is how the Cowboys have played all year, is that even in games that they go ahead by a lot, their complacency and kind of lack of aggression allows teams to get back in it. And even in this Eagles game, it was neck and neck. It wasn't really like they let them back in it. But... This team, it, it, Dak Prescott is allowed to make those mistakes because the defense is throttling down so hard. And when you have a team that's so defensively stout and is so, way, so precedented on that defense, you're going to find that there's going to be a lot of slow games, a lot of games where you got to wait till the end, a lot of games where you, know, you have this star running back who if he gets a burst play, it changes the game. If you, get, if you have this star wide receiver that gets a burst play, it changes the game. They're not as a full all-around kind of built team. They work really well off of a few key components, like the front seven, like Amari Cooper, like Ezekiel Elliott, and that's the recipe for winning games, but winning games in a close proximity. Very few victory kneels. I see.
1: Let me ask you guys this. If it wasn't for that bogus, no clear recovery call on the kickoff, do the Eagles win that game? If If the Cal, or if the officials, excuse me, give the Eagles the rightful call, it should have been the Eagles possession, are we talking about a different result today?
2: No. Yes.
1: I think we do. No. I think, we I think
2: if Jake Elliott hits that extra point in the in the second quarter cor- no, in, in on his not, touchdown, mm-mm. I don't uh, think so it,
1: either. Because it, the Eagles would have been up twenty-four to twenty-three at that point. The Cowboys are going to call plays to win the game. They're mm-hmm. not going to just call games because they're tied. Once you're tied, obviously you're a little more comfortable than rather than being behind. So when you're at that point, when you're down by one point. You do call different plays at
2: that. John, if the game's 24-23, the Cowboys probably play the last drive all the same. And they get to that 40-yard line. They get within that field goal range. And then the holding penalty and the sack on Dak Prescott pushes them back. Eagles win the ballgame. You,
1: really, you can't really apply that, though.
2: But then you can't apply the, the fumble in saying that all oh, yes, the Eagles would have won because you don't know if they're even going to score. Jake Elliott might miss. I certainly do not think they would have scored a touchdown on that play, okay. even though they had quality field position. So at
1: that sense, damn. If Dak Prescott hadn't showed up that day, then – the Cooper Rush, the backup quarterback, would have not thrown three interceptions. If we could do this right. We can do that all day. So why? Day. So but but the result. But that's result- a logical. If the Eagles were able to get that ball back on the kickoff, where they which they obviously recovered, that's not a obviously. What that's yes. What do you mean not obviously? There's three guys that came up with the ball. Well, no, I'm there over. wasn't
2: conclusive evidence to overturn the call. It's not obviously.
1: Yes, it is because the. I'm sorry, but the officials messed that up.
2: Jerry Jones had them in their pocket. Oh, you can't you can't always put it on Jerry. Every yes. owner, every owner can bribe the referees. Not, it's not, not like
1: Jerry. Not like Dirty
2: Jerry. It's not like Dirty Jerry. Is <laughs> that why like he's eight Jerry. and five and not thirteen and zero? Oh, because okay. I'm sure what, he what, Bly What's Bly he bry- done?
1: What's he done these last twenty three years?
2: Traded for Amari Cooper. Great, good job. How <laughs>
1: well, many playoff wins do you guys have? Two. Uh, Since it, the 90s? Well, well, Jerry. In this century, well, don't question well, Jerry's success you as an only owner. Have two playoff
2: wins. We got a Super Bowl. Don't question Jerry's success as an overall owner. He has way he has way more Super than your franchise. That's cool. So I, but what,
1: what has he done since nineteen ninety seven? But if you want to talk
2: about Jerry, okay, if you, if you want to talk from a point, then not much, but he's made quality trades as proven this season. Drew,
1: in your entire life, 19 years, you've only seen two playoff wins. I saw two playoff wins all of last year in one year. So don't even talk to me about Jerry Jones being a good owner. Yeah, he's a good owner on the business side, but when it comes to football operations, he sucks. Well, I've agreed great That's why him. Stephen Jones is – running that ship right now.
2: Well, I've agreed with you on many cases as far as that, but you asked me what good has he done, and he's done good. I mean, obviously, this Amari Cooper trade was, was very profitable, and, and even I stood there and said, ah, you know, the Golden Tate trade's probably safer, it's probably better, but Cooper's out here, he, he's going ballistic, uh, and way better than producing way more than any first-round pick would produce for the Dallas Cowboys, a pick that you said was going to be top 10 and, and might might just be bottom 10. I, I mean, this is bottom how ten. this is how it's going right now. Dude, I promise you right now, they will... You don't think that the Cowboys can beat the Colts, the Bucks, and the Giants? You don't think that, John? Listen, I just, I
1: just don't think they'll <laughs> be think gonna going the past Eagles the first Boys. round. They're not going to go past the first round, the Cowboys. That's what I'm saying.
2: Okay, but they could get a top 10. They could have a, t- a bottom 10 pick. Who, the Eagles? No, the Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys? Like a, like a 20 to 30 pick. The, well, no. The the, the, best, Mar- the best
1: that they could do is 22 because of the the way the playoffs work.
2: Well, not necessarily, because because it's by record, right? So if they say say if they pass the Bears, because there's time to do that. There's three games left, and All they're right, down by one. You
1: know one. what? Let's just move on, because that has nothing to do with it. You're uh, probably right. Let's just yeah, move on. Yeah, let's on get to quick.
0: the next topic. Can any team in the NFC, the Panthers who are six and seven, the Birds who are six and seven, the Redskins who are six and seven, and the Packers who are five seven and one, reach the Vikings for either for either of the NFC wild card spots? John, we'll start with you.
1: The Panthers are done uh six and three or six and two rather and now they're six and seven i believe is that what Mm -hmm. it was yeah that's a that's a meltdown i expect ron rivera to get fired uh i expect big changes to happen in carolina the eagles right now i would say the eagles had the best chance out of the panthers the uh redskins and the packers and obviously the eagles and maybe maybe the packers because aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback but right now the vikings look like crap the seahawks look good so i think for that sixth spot i think the eagles
2: have a great shot in getting it. Do you think that they could get it with with eight wins?
1: Uh, I think it's a possibility, but I give it a slight chance. They don't
2: have the head-to-head either against the Vikings or the Panthers.
1: Yeah, but the Vikings, let's just see what they can do against the Seahawks right now. They but would have at, to have at, a pretty massive Seattle, slide.
2: It would have to be a pretty, a pretty
1: massive slide. Well, the Eagles
2: have to win the rest of their game. Yeah.
1: So I agree with that. They have a tough road ahead, but I'm not buying into the Vikings, are you?
2: No, no, but I think tonight's game will show us a lot more about who they really are. If they lose tonight, I think a lot of people will start kind of wiping them from their boards as far as teams worth contention. The NFC has been surprisingly, like, under, uh, underperforming. A lot of teams beating up on each other and just, and really, like, top-heavy. I feel like there's four, you know, the, the four spots, and then maybe, like, the Seahawks could be added in as a solid dark horse team. But overall, the NFC has not been looked that good towards the end, down to the stretch.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm buying it. I think the Seahawks and the Vikings get it. I actually think the Vikings win tonight on Monday Night Football. I know Kirk Cousins sucks on primetime football. He's 1-3 this season in primetime football. But I think they just come out with a win this week. I think they get Dalvin Cook involved a lot. I think the Vikings have a good road ahead of them. Um, Seattle, I still think they end up being in it. They have a very you know easy schedule ahead. They have the 49ers. Then they have Kansas City, which is tough, but they also have Arizona. You have to look at it like that. I think the Eagles actually have the hardest road to the playoffs because I know they, they have to play the Rams and Houston, and then they have an easy game against the Redskins. So that can help them out. But I could easily see the, the Eagles only going one and two in the, in the span of the next couple of weeks. The Packers, you know, that tie could really help them because they could finish the season. You know, they, they're, they're at Chicago next week, which is a game that the Bears are a lot better of a team, but Aaron Rodgers said it best. They have success against the Bears. So then they play the Jets, and they play Detroit. So if somehow they're able to, you know, get a, a big win against Chicago – Green Bay could maybe sneak into that last wild card spot, but it, it'll be a little tough. But right now I'm saying Minnesota and Seattle are going to keep the 5 and 6. So, seed. so
1: you're locked. You're going to keep it locked for what it is yes, right I'm now. I'm
0: going to lock it right now.
2: All right, Drew, real quick, who do you got to keep? Yeah, I don't think anyone else is going to touch. I, I'm, a, I'm with you. The massive collapse for the Panthers doesn't give me a lot of hope. If anybody, I think that give them the best shot because they have the most talent, the, be, the best ability to reach that spot. But as of now, I, I'd put my bets on the Seahawks and the Vikings.
1: It's hard to not agree with you guys, but – Feeling is, I just have a strong feeling about the Packers right now. The fact that the bad man that Mike McCarthy apparently is is gone, that Packers team looked really different. Looked a lot better than previous weeks, and I think the Packers are going to sneak in the playoffs.
0: Okay, I, I would actually like that because I took them to go to the Super Bowl. So if <laughs> my, somehow my prediction got right. That would be awesome. All right, let's look ahead to next Sunday, where there's a big game in the AFC because both these teams, New England and Pittsburgh, lost games that they should have probably won yesterday. Pittsburgh has now dropped. I believe this is their fourth straight loss or the third straight loss. Pittsburgh, third, third straight loss. And uh, yeah, New England had a chance to lock up the the AFC East yesterday. They they failed to do that. Now they're nine in four. Houston's nine and four. Uh, Pittsburgh seven and five. Let's let's look ahead to this game because this game could mean a lot for seeding in the AFC. What do you guys expect from this game on Sunday next week?
2: I expect a full Pittsburgh reverse meltdown. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh I've often seen as kind of the AFC Dallas Cowboys. A bit more successful, a bit more uh, brighter in the past decade. A a bit more successful? They have two Super Bowls. But Antonio Brown, uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, this team has been kind of this up-and-down trajectory for years, and this is just a classic storybook, AFC late-season Sunday game, where Pittsburgh pulls it out by a hair, and that's just what's going to happen, and the Patriots are going to be perfectly fine with it at the end of the day and probably win their last two to get the second seed in the AFC.
0: Yeah, I— I kind of agree with you. I think, you know, Pittsburgh has lost three straight. New England has lost to the Miami miracle, they're calling it, uh, yesterday. So it's tough to see one of these teams lose this game because it feels like they both desperately need this game. But I agree with you. I think, you know, Pittsburgh at home, three-game losing streak on the line, make it four. I think they beat New England in this game. I I expect a big shootout from both quarterbacks. I think it's going to be an old-fashioned Pittsburgh You know, versus New England game where it's just touchdowns galore, back and forth, back and forth, no defense, tons of offense, but Pittsburgh pulls it out at the end.
1: I'm going with New England to win that game because you'll rarely rarely see New England win or New England lose consecutive games, especially in that fashion the way they did. Embarrassing. I cannot imagine that locker room after the game.
0: Someone's losing their job.
1: Someone probably will lose their job. And... Rob Gronkowski, my God, he looked so old and so pathetic and trying to catch Kenyon Drake. And Bill Belichick, my God, I would pay so much money just to be in that locker room and hear what he has to say because that was just an embarrassing loss. So for that, I think the Patriots are going to kill the Steelers, and i the Steelers are about to melt down right now. They're 7-5-1, and and they should have lost that Browns game that they tied with. So technically, in my eyes, they're 7-6, not looking good. If the Ravens? continue to play well. They should have pro- they probably should have won the Chiefs game. I think the Ravens are going to take over.
0: All right, so to piggyback off of that, uh, after that loss to Miami yesterday, you think the Patriots are in trouble not only, you know, from a standpoint in the AFC East and the AFC as a whole? We'll
2: start with you. No, this is just the every year thing. It's like, oh, the Patriots lost an interesting Sunday game to kind of a mediocre team, so let's all you know, be interested about them and, and what's going to happen with them. It's like the Golden State Warriors with KD and Draymond. It's just another storyline that, that we hope somehow will unseat a dynasty, and it doesn't happen. I could see the Patriots uh, losing it next season, losing it the following season, but this season they've clearly shown that they're focused and that they're the same Patriots that can make a game plan with any number of players on the roster. So it's it's interesting to see. It's really cool to see the Dolphins unseat their division rival in this crazy, fantastic, record-setting play, but it's nothing more than some hoopla that will be in the Patriots' rearview mirror in three games.
1: I agree with Drew. I don't think this is a big deal. Like
2: I mentioned last minute ago,
1: I think the Patriots are just going to come out firing, even though it's an embarrassing loss, probably one of the most embarrassing losses in NFL history just to lose on a hook and ladder like that. How many times have we ever seen that? None. None whatsoever. And then the fact that it happened against the Patriots, that's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. Um, I don't think they're in trouble for the division. I think with an easy schedule ahead against Pittsburgh, I mean, that game, even if they lose that game, they close the season playing Buffalo and the Jets at home. Those are two easy wins for the Patriots. So, no, I don't think they're concerned in the AFC East, but I'm concerned about them in the AFC East in general because right now, They're not locked into that number two seed where you have to go to Foxborough for a game and they have a bye week. I'm going to be honest. This is the worst football I've seen the Patriots play in every year of all the years I've seen them play. Being a Jeff fan, this is one of the worst seasons of Patriots football I've seen. And they're still doing great. And that's just how great they've been to see them not do this well this year. And so, you know, they're having a down year. But like Kansas City, I think if you play them in Kansas City, Kansas City not destroys New England, but handles them very well. Um, Pittsburgh is always a tough place to play with them, and Houston. I don't want to play Houston right now too, as hot they are. Even though they lost Indianapolis, so I think from a standpoint as, as the AFC seeding goes in the playoffs, I think the Patriots are in trouble from that standpoint.
2: Okay, let's move on.
0: Are you guys more confident in the Bears following their fifteen to six? win against the Rams? Drew, we'll start with you.
2: Man, and this is really just, uh, I brought up this question a few weeks ago. I said, you know, would you rather have the elite defenses, the Bears and the Cowboys, or the elite offenses, the Rams and the Saints? And the more and more things are starting to change and show that these off, these great offenses can be stifled and, and held down. I mean, who's ever heard of your starting quarterback throwing for 110 yards and three interceptions and you win the ball game? That was the Chicago Bears last night. The Chicago Bears held the Rams to zero points in the fourth quarter last night. I mean, it's looking good. Playoff time, I think that you'll really see the emergence of Sean McVay and Sean Payton, uh, you know, zone in on these defenses and try to find the weak spots. It's hard to see either of these defenses having a tough time, though. The way that they're pressuring opposing quarterbacks, we saw Drew Brees was very flustered versus the Cowboys. Jared Goff, four picks last night. Uh, I'm much more confident in the Bears and their validity as a solid NFC contender. I'm more confident in the
1: Bears when they play at home. Yeah, absolutely. When they're on the road, this looks like a different team because this Bears team that we saw last night, they should have not lost to the New York Giants last week and get embarrassed the way they did. And I like what the Bears are doing on defense, but Mitchell Trubisky, as much as I like him, I just don't think he'll be able to perform well in the playoffs. That pressure, he just seems like a guy that if you just blitz him all day, He's not going to win the deal. was my
2: point? He was so bad last night exactly. and they still won the ball game. So
1: they they're that they're that solid. On defense, yes, but on on offense, you can't really rely on your defense to do that every single weekend, can you?
2: Yeah, for really? for a, for a playoff stretch? Not as like a basketball team if you go in a series, but like for a playoff stretch of like 2 on 3 the road? games. Yeah, if you have to. Yeah. Well, that's well, what I'm saying. Well, they're, well, they're
1: going to be they're not going to have any home field advantage whatsoever. Maybe the first yeah, they'll the they'll first, first round, round they will. But I'm saying beyond that, no.
2: Yeah, but I at least have confidence that they can go out and they can they can put a stone wall up and they can compete with these teams. I
1: mean, they've shown that they they beat okay. the Rams. now you can say that they'll compete, but to but actually you beat them consistently on the road, I don't see that going on. And if I may, real quick, December 10th, 2017. This is the one-year anniversary of Carson Wentz tearing his ACL. Ah, so a little shout out to Carson. <laughs> Good job on your cover, buddy. Yeah, we you know, know we know. He's listening. Listen, we know you're gonna kick ass next year and. I'm making sure Drew knows
2: that. Uh, I was still, I was waiting for it this year, buddy. But uh, you ha- luckily you got her. So yeah As long I as got you got Ertz. him, okay. Teddy bear. Okay.
0: So I agree with John. Th- this Bears team is a different team at home. I mean, they're almost unstoppable at home. And then you go on the road, and it's you know you could figure them out. You blitz Trubisky. You limit the runs from him. You stuff Cohen. You stuff Howard. You double, you know, not double Cohen, but you isolate Cohen. Make sure he's not involved in any any sense. Don't believe all those looks you're getting with the fakes. I'm confident in them after that win, yes. They, they beat a great team at home on a cold night in Soldier Field. But I see this team as like the Rams team from last year. You know, coming in th- down the stretch, they were hot. There's defense, there's offense. Then they play Atlanta at home. And Atlanta be- upsets them in the first round of the playoffs at home in L.A. I see the Bears situation, you know, going like this a little bit. You know, they get the three or the four seed, and a tough wild card team sneaks in there. And, you know, they give them a run for their money. Maybe they win the game. Maybe they lose. But I feel like in any playoff game outside of Soldier Field, it's going to be a big, big uh, step for them to overcome to try to win a game out of Soldier Field. So even if they win the first round, I don't think they make it much further than that. Unless somehow they, they get the number two seed, you know, and the Rams lose out and they win. But I don't see that happening.
1: I don't know. That defense, It. we already mentioned, we already talked about their defense and how strong it is. But I really want to see how they do on the road. They lost. Yeah. To the Giants with possibly the worst starting quarterback in the entire NFL. But you also got to uh,
0: say Chase Daniel was starting quarterback for that game. I mean, I know that defense it, blew the game, but, but they Ch- didn't have Mitch Trubisky Chase, that game as well. Chase
2: Daniel put up this, – this This is the perfect example of sports. Is Chase Daniel put up a great performance on Thanksgiving against the Lions, uh, a solid performance they could win off of. It's about who you play and timing in what week. Like, I, I don't think that all of the Bears' struggles are just associated with being at home and being on the road. I, I think that they just – it's about the team you play that week. And losing to the Giants – a team that loses to the Giants, I don't necessarily shame because the Giants are a team that should win ball games like that against the Bears. They're a team that's kind of built to beat a team like the Bears. So, to to say that that loss is a reason that they wouldn't be able to survive at all on the road, I think that it's favorable in, in matchup sense that like the Rams were a favorable matchup for the Bears, the Saints were favorable for the for uh, the Cowboys, so on and so forth. Just like the Giants are, are have a favorable matchup against the Bears.
0: I think if the Bears go to uh... New Orleans to play them in the playoffs, I I, I think they're going to, you know, be stunned about, you know, how much we, we can see them not compete in that game. Because I know this the Bears are great, but if they go to New Orleans and, and Sean Payton and Drew Brees home, I think they're going to struggle mightily. So I think Sean Payton knows home field advantage on their side. You can see that they struggle. They're a team that struggles on the road. And I think Sean Payton could dial up these blitzes to go after Trubisky that limits everything he does well outside the pocket. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I, I really just think that, you know, Game for them on the road in New Orleans, you know, in LA can really just be a struggle for them that they haven't had all year.
1: I, I completely agree with Chris there. I just don't have faith in Mitchell Trubisky when it comes to the playoffs and that pressure, especially for a first year head coach like Matt Nagy.
2: But what's the faith in the quarterback have to do with anything? If anything, last year in the playoffs taught me it's that you don't need a great quarterback in order to about? succeed. Three you out see of the Nick Foles did. Three out of the four quarterbacks in the final four were were no names. Nick Foles, no Nick Foles, Case Keenum, want, and Blake Bortles. I want to say
1: no names. Nick, Nick, Foles, Nick Foles was a name. He was in, a starter at one point. He Case was a, Keenum. He was okay. Nick, Blake Bortles is a no Nick
2: man. Foles is a Super Bowl MVP and he's also a backup. He's an anomaly situation, and even Eagles fans will understand that. Case Keenum is a guy who's been exposed as he's not really that great of a quarterback. He's just, just a, a decent system. Blake Bortles exposed as a guy who plays who if he plays all right with Leonard Fournette and a solid defense, he's good. But that's what I'm saying is that last year showed us that you don't need a great quarterback to go far in the playoffs. Okay, you may
1: not need a great quarterback, but you need. Great quarterback play
2: That's true, I'll give you that but, but do you think that I've seen great performance From Trubisky this year Do you not think that He could go on a hot streak In the playoffs no. I think he could I think Dak could I, I think, think anybody no. in the playoffs Could go on, on Any quarterback To see that Nick Foles could do it Nick Foles was someone who, who is a backup quarterback He he just is And that's clear from people Not trying to trade for him Or sign for him But he had amazing streak If he can do it Then any of the starters Who enter the playoffs Can do it too Including okay. Trubisky
0: This is my opinion on Trubisky He's a young quarterback who is still not fully developed yet. And I agree with John because, yeah, I get what you're saying. You don't need a great elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl title. We need a quarterback who's going to make the right decision at the right time. And if there's one thing I've seen so far about Trubisky is that one bad trait he has is he forces the ball. He doesn't make great decisions. So game on the line, when you have a guy like Trubisky going down the field, two-minute drill, I don't feel comfortable with the ball in his hand just yet. He's still young. He's still immature. He doesn't know when to, you know – Tuck the ball and run, or throw the ball away. I'd be afraid that he'd make the wrong pass in a big situation that cost my team a game.
1: I feel like this team could. The only way for them to move the ball is if they give the ball to Terry Cohen.
0: If they're crafty, that's,
1: that's it. They're a crafty team. Yeah, they're a crafty team. They'll, but they'll be I'm, a team not, I'm not. I'm not buying eventually. them offensively. Defensively, they're outstanding. But let's just see what Mitchell Trubisky, at first-year head coach Matt Nagy, could do in the playoffs because the playoffs, we all know, is a totally different Mm -hmm. game than the regular season. And you also got
0: to think about, even if they lose the first round, that's a big step up from what happened last year because a lot of teams didn't see them, you know, there's a lot of question around them. Who is Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah, they got Khalil Mack, but you know, what's Matt Nagy going to bring? And so far, they're they're rising to the occasion. So even if they don't make it far, it's like a Rams team, like I said before. There's more, you know, time for them to to learn, to mature, and, and make a deeper push, you know, next year or the year after.
1: Good point, good point. Um, Let's move on to the next segment, buy, sell, or hold. Gentlemen, the New York Giants will finish second in the NFC East, buy, sell, or hold.
0: I'm selling this like a Girl Scout trying to push cookies for a fundraiser. There is no way the Giants finish second in the NFC. Look, they've been playing well, a couple of big wins here and there, but I think the Eagles or the Cowboys, whatever one doesn't win the division, they finish number two. In the division, so I'm selling, selling, selling.
2: Whichever one doesn't win the division. Go
1: ahead, John. I'm going to sell this, not like a Girl Scout cookie, because I never liked Girl Scout cookies growing up. I never bought them. Every time they came up to my door, my mom would just send them away. But I will say they do have some good cookies, but whatever. I will sell this like Jordan Belfort does in Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Listen to that. I just don't have faith in this Giants team. They're a bad team. Their defense is not good. Their quarterback is horrendous. It's only Saquon and Odell, and Odell looks like he's hurt, so he may not play for the rest of the season. It's all So it's all on Saquon Barkley's shoulders. This guy's wheels are going to break down sooner or later, and I just think the Eagles are going to put up a good fight in trying to get to the playoffs, like I mentioned before. So I just don't see the Giants playing for pride anymore because now they realize, wow, right now they have the ninth overall pick. Great job! You guys are going to lose out on a quarterback. Congratulations to the New York Giants.
2: I'm I'm going to sell this, but I'm going to sell this like a like a telemarketer sells a weight loss pill. With oh kind of God. a lack of energy a, a, and a bit like disdain. I, I think that they would have a shot, but I do think that the Eagles have the kind of the honor and integrity to really push for it and and to get at least like a, an eight and eight record going down the stretch. I think Carson Wentz is not going to let this team fall below 500. And I don't think that the Giants are going to be able to last and win their last three. So, no, nah, I'm going to sell this. But I think it would be interesting because the Giants are just that team that late in the season they get a little hot. And and it's fun to see them kind of on a Sunday.
1: I will admit that. Buy, sell, or hold, gentlemen. The Bears are a top-two team in the NFC. Buy, sell, or hold.
0: Selling. I mean, we just talked about it. You know, they had an impressive run. They had a great game. But I still think the Saints are better than them. I still think the Rams are better than them. I think it was just, you know – like Drew said before, they got the Rams at the right time. You know, Trubisky back after an injury. Cold night in Soldier Field. Jared Goff not used to playing in the cold because he plays with the Rams and he played in California. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this. I I, I think you know they're maybe a three or a four team.
2: Uh yeah. I'll sell this. I think that they they fit much more cleanly in the three or four spot. I don't think they have as much star power as a lot of other teams in the NFC uh, versus kind of their, you know, we talk about how their defense is, you know, the top eight players are on their defense. I think that in the end you can't expose that and a team will be able to shut them down completely that even their defense can't save them late in the playoffs. Not yeah. a tip two team.
1: Yeah, I'm selling that. The Saints and the Rams are a better team. It's plain and simple. Uh, buy, sell, or hold? The Phillies will leave the winter meetings with Bryce Harper and slash or Manny Machado signed.
0: I'm, I'm buying that they sign uh, Machado. I think that they, they don't leave the winter meetings without Machado. Um, I think the Gene Segura signing was supposed to be attractive to say, hey, look what we could do in the infield with Cesar Hernandez at second if we keep him. Reese Hoskins at first. We'll put you at third. Segura at short. I think it's just a nice you know flow to it. I just think Harper is not going to want to play in Philadelphia. I've been saying it since he's a – became a free agent, and everyone's saying, oh, yeah, yeah, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper. If he was going to sign with the Phillies, he would have been signed by now, but I am buying the manim Chato's a Philly by the end of the winter meetings.
1: I will buy this also. I think Bryce Harper is a Philadelphia Philly, and Chris doesn't know what he's talking about because you know what it is? He doesn't want the stars to come to Philadelphia. He knows. He's upset because he's from New York, and he wants all the stars to come to the Mets. I'm happy and so far. He doesn't want to see the Phillies to do well. So I'm buying the – rumor that bryce harper will be a philadelphia philly
2: yeah i'm gonna sell this because you know honestly it's a speculation speculation thing and i'm not a huge fan of speculation in baseball because i'm not a huge fan of baseball uh i feel like the stages of this process aren't complete It, it you know it's been a done deal at least a dozen times by now i do not think that uh they'll leave the winter meetings with either of these guys signed
1: okay buy sell or hold Patrick Mahomes will be the best QB in the game
2: of all time when his time is done. All right, I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna say that I'm selling this like like the devil Who sell, put this sells down? poison. That was me. That was me. I, all I'm right, gonna good. sell this like the devil sells poison. I've speculated that Mahomes is is just a product of his weapons, let, al- let alone being one of the best in the game. I don't. We have yet to see a, a quarterback of running caliber be like that Michael Vick I feel like is the closest there of a running quarterback that can make it we have yet to see if Patrick Mahomes gets taken out with a season ending injury yet knock on wood but I've seen it with Watson I've seen it with RG3 I've seen it with cap I've seen it with Wentz wait on this guy don't just give him 10 games and then start speculating like he's going to be the goat I mean it takes a lot more than that
0: Drew, I want to yell at you right now, but I know your girlfriend gets offended when John yells at you, so I really <laughs> hate me too. But I think you're wrong. Uh, I'm not going to... Wait, 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 wait.
2: I want you, before you say anything, I want you to say that you think Patrick Mahomes will be the best quarterback well, in I, the NFL. I'm,
0: I'm holding this. Because, like you said, it's still too early to tell. But I think what he's shown so far is a lot of signs that he could be great, and he could be the greatest. That no-look pass, have you ever seen anybody make a no-look pass like that before? What? I have no, I haven't either. That's the answer. No, no one has. How about that ball he threw to Tyreek Hill? I knew he threw it. Fourth fight. and nine? Fourth and nine. I know yeah. it was a great catch by Tyreek Hill, but not any quarterback can make that throw. I think oh, there's only one other quarterback in the league who could make that throw. And, and it's Carson Wentz. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, and Carson Wentz, okay. too. We could debate it. But you know, you're right, Drew. Uh, time's still early. It's only his f- second season, his first full se- season as a starter, so it'd be ignorant for me to buy this, even though I love Mahomes. I think the sky's the limit for the kid. But I'm holding this because I think the time will come when
2: we see Mahomes be a good
1: Okay, I'm holding this also. I am probably the biggest Patrick Mahomes fan that there is in Philadelphia. No, I think No. Okay, well, Patrick Mahomes is a Ferrari right now. He's no. hot. He's red right now. He plays on the red team. He's got all the nice bells and whistles and the Lamborghini doors, the
0: heated seats, a Heated seats, oh, power right.
1: windows, you know what I mean? That listen, yeah. I think we got to hold on on this guy. Maybe the hype is a little too much, but man, he deserves it. Guys, right- Wait, hold on, Drew. Hold on. Before I have to start yelling at you and your girlfriend you- texts you, can you tell John to stop yelling at you? <laughs> so listen, I think Patrick Mahomes, he's showing us something that we haven't seen. And he deserves the praise that he's been getting, but it's a little bit too much for my taste. Like Drew said, it's been what, 12, 13 games? Let's slow down a little bit. He's not going to be the best of all time because the best of all time is Tom Brady. I don't think any other player in NFL history will reach five Super Bowl wings. Or five wings. You guys know,
2: Al, you guys know, Alex Smith was an MVP candidate at the beginning of last year. He, you know, he went out on. the it he like this at this he, side of the he, year? He, no, no, no. But here's my point. Yeah, you know, Alex Smith went out on the season opener and, and had this crazy game against Tom Brady, and he he was wonderful and amazing because he was on the Chiefs' offense with Andy Reid with a solid environment. And Patrick Mahomes, that's great that he's the Flash and he's the Bang and he's he's all this and all that. But I've seen a guy called Superman named Cam Newton who has run in here and been flashy and had a great smile and, and was a superstar and, and does amazing. And he's on a, what is it, a five-game skid right now and skidding even farther. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, man... I don't even know if I'm going to give him next year to to be a top ten quarterback. I could see him sliding. The top ten quarterback Here, right now. Well, that's what this. I'm saying. I'm saying next year he could slide into into being a mid level quarterback. I
0: don't like the Alex Smith comparison because I know Alex so Smith was, con- was great. disrespectful. But you could see disrespectful by this, to the rookie. You could see the skill levels so different. Alex Smith wasn't making these plays and these throws. He wasn't throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game, constantly getting 300 to 400 yards a game. I mean, Alex Smith, yes, he was great in that system, but you could tell he wasn't what Patrick Mahomes is. There's a reason why Andy Reid traded Alex Smith, because he knew Patrick Mahomes' skill. Yeah, he could be great in this offense with all these bells and whistles, but he could be great because he's also a great quarterback and a young talent that we haven't seen in years come out of the draft.
1: Retweet, I, Chris mm. just put it perfectly. We'll wait on it. You know what it is, Chris? I think Drew just—he's just a little bit jealous he's that because he Dak Prescott it. sucks. Yes. yes, I know. Well, and I mean,
0: everyone was hyped about Dak Prescott. Exactly. Listen. Now
1: everyone's hyped about Patrick what? Mahomes. He That's misses right. that. Yeah. It's okay. I, you don't have to admit okay. that. It's just your subconscious. It's all right. That's Man. all right. Let's
2: move on. Let's go on. Yeah, we got some rough cheese? taste in
0: here. Undisputably, the best team in the AFC. Buy, sell, or hold, John. Uh, I'm
1: going to buy it. We just talked about the best quarterback of all time and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so, nah. But listen, I think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC right now. There's nobody who can stop Patrick Mahomes. And if anybody can, it can be uh, Bill Belichick, but only in New England. And the fact that the Chiefs are going to have full home field advantage, I think they're going to reach the Super Bowl. And congratulations to Andy Reid.
2: And as of this moment right here when john said that i'm officially on the chiefs hating bandwagon i'm officially on the anti chiefs bandwagon just uh, and it's not cuz of you it's mostly cuz of you for bringing up this wait, wait, question you, wait, patrick you mahomes you,
1: you got tell the, you got to tell the audience
2: it's not as much it's not as much about john as it is about chris putting down patrick mahomes, mahomes will will be Jersey. the best quarterback I was in the do game it. I was just do it just 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 watch the AFC playoffs this year i will personally guarantee the chiefs will not make the super bowl this season I don't think that they're the best team in the AFC. I think they're going to come out and be the best, the number one seed in the AFC, but I do not think they're the best team by any stretch. I don't care about a miracle lateral play by the Dolphins beating the Patriots or the Colts beating the Texans. I still will take these teams, and you're about to see on Thursday night just how good the Chiefs are against a solid opponent. I mean, they almost blew it to Lamar Jackson this past week. Okay,
1: let's move on to the next. I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: Hey, yeah, right. yeah, the Chargers, yeah, they're a great opponent. But remember, the Chiefs beat them week one on the road, so remember that. I am buying this. I agree with John. New England is not – the only way they can get knocked off is if New England was number one seed and they had to go to Foxborough again and take them on in New England where they don't lose AFC championship games. That's not going to happen, it's looking like right now. It looks like they're going to have to come to Andy's World in Arrowhead. They have to play the Chiefs, and I do not like the Patriots' chances on the road in Kansas City.
1: I agree with Chris once again. Well, the last one for buy, seller hold. The Colts will make the playoffs as a wild card team. Buy, seller hold, gentlemen.
2: I- I'm going to sell this. I-, I really like Andrew Luck. I really like what Frank Reich's doing over there. But I feel like the Red Hot Titans uh, coming off too straight. you got the Ravens, who are a very solid team, proved that they can hang with the best of the best uh, in their game against Kansas City. Uh, Dolphins are up there with a crazy win. I don't think the Dolphins are going to surge much higher than what they're at. I think that's about the peak of their season. But you're seeing that there's a lot of teams uh, in contention, and I don't think the Colts are going to be able to make it. I think they're going to take uh, a loss to my Cowboys this week, and so I don't think they're going to make it this year. But but it's been a, it's been a solid streak with what they've dealt with.
1: Drew, I'm going to agree with you. I'm selling this big time. The Chargers right now they're the fifth seed. They currently hold the number one wild card spot, and then the Baltimore Ravens are the number two seed in the wild card spot for the AFC. So, I just don't see the Colts being a better team than either of those teams. And I love what Frank Reich has done for Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, you could tell, is probably going to be the comeback player of the year. But I just see the Ravens and the Chargers remaining in those two spots. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm going to buy this because I'm looking at the schedule ahead. Indianapolis has Dallas, which I think they're going to win. But we'll we'll, we'll debate that another (laughs) time. The Giants, which I think they could win. And Tennessee, who they spanked last time. I don't like Tennessee. I think they're a team that plays to their opponent's level. And, you know, last week in Jacksonville was the only time they really turned it up a notch. and It was because Derrick Henry was a beast among kids. All right? Baltimore schedule, Tampa Bay. Okay, that's that's probably a win. The Chargers, no way they beat the Chargers. And then Cleveland at home to end the season. I'm taking Cleveland to upset Baltimore week 17 and push them out of the playoff hunt. And I think the Colts get that last playoff seed, and they beat Tennessee week 17 and take the wild card spot. Not from the Chargers. They'll take the number six seed.
1: Right now, the audience obviously can't see Chris talking, but he is acting like a typical New Yorker. He's got a notebook in his hand, waving it left and right, and making sure everyone knows (laughs) he's got the schedule. So, Chris, I don't know how you see the Colts just winning it out. And then over the Ravens and just the Chargers right now. Chargers are possibly well, the worst, they, best team in the they AFC. They will
0: beat the Chargers out. I think the Chargers are easily the 5 seed, but I think mm-hmm. they edge the Ravens out for that and the Titans.
1: Okay. All right, interesting. All right, let's get moving to rapid fire. Trevor Ariza would be a great fit on the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. Yes, he works in on their system. I don't think so. I think LeBron is not going to enjoy his time playing with Trevor Ariza. Rapid fire, can the Dolphins edge the Pats for the AFC East? No.
2: no, according to ESPN, there's a .08% chance.
1: Yeah, there's no way hell. No. If the Eagles become out of contention, do the Eagles rest Wentz and start Foles?
2: Absolutely. Yes.
1: That is so dumb. Absolutely not. If they do that, I will personally drive down to NovaCare Complex and slap Doug Peterson across the face. The refs cost the Eagles the game on Sunday.
0: Yes.
2: No.
1: Yes. Uh, hell yes. Hell yes. Jerry Jones, Dirty Jerry, paying the officials. Who will finish the worst record with the worst record, excuse me, and get the top pick? Oakland, the New York Jets, Arizona, or San Francisco? Arizona. No, I'm going to go Oakland. I'm going Oakland also. hmm Who will get the two seed in the AFC playoffs? Houston, New England, Pittsburgh, or somebody else?
0: I'm going to go with Houston. Yeah,
1: Houston. I'm going with Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, New England. I'm, I'm going to go with New England. I don't know why I said Pittsburgh. That's a terrible take by me. One sneaky dark horse
2: team in the playoffs. Who is it, guys? Oh, it's the Seattle Seahawks, baby. Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and it's the classic dark horse that we've had for the past five years.
0: I'm going to go with someone who I ruled out last week. I'm going with Green Bay, like John mentioned before. You know, they have a little bit of an easy schedule ahead. If they could beat the Bears somehow and win out and you have some things fall their way, I think, you know, they could be a little bit revived and make a playoff push. But I know that's very far-fetched, but they could be a sneaky team.
1: One of the few times I will ever agree with Drew on this show is this time. I love the Seahawks, and I love what they're doing, and tonight's going to be a big game for them. I think the Seahawks are a scary team to play in the playoffs
0: who are you guys taking Monday night Seahawks Seahawks
1: Seattle 33-17 to 17.
0: taking Minnesota in this game oh god <sighs> oh boy alright well with
2: those predictions that's Philly versus the World with myself Drew Bishop John Eliano, and Chris Kofsky stay tuned next week when we'll talk more NFL and NBA topics between Philly Boston Dallas and wherever else Dirty Thank
1: Jerry you. pay the officials